Hi, I'm Craig. And I'm Linda. And this is the Indie Travel Podcast at IndieTravelPodcast.com. This week it's episode 364 and we're talking about the best summer festivals around the world. Yeah, so looking forward to the idea of summer because I woke up this morning and it was almost zero degrees. It was freezing. It's really cold. I was talking to our flatmate Ange and she said that the cat had been telling her about how it was the coldest he'd ever been. <laughs> and he's not hes not wrong. I mean, he's only about nine months old, so <laughs> it's probably quite true. It's very cold here in New Zealand at the moment. It is. And That's why it's pretty good that in about four hours, we're going to be sitting on an aeroplane bound for Europe and the Northern Hemisphere summer. Yeah, it's not such a big problem, really, is it? No, no. It's very nice when you have the ability and the privilege to be able to jump on a plane and head to the other side of the world. Yeah, we're definitely enjoying thinking about summer. And thinking about summer, we're thinking about summer festivals. Although here in New Zealand at the moment, we do have a winter festival, which is Matariki, which is the Maori festival for New Year. Yeah, it's been really interesting. As a festival, it's just started gaining ground in mainstream culture over the last few years. And it's so exciting to see New Zealand's own little festival of lights begin to really kick off and get some momentum. So really excited to be part of some of those celebrations. But then leaving halfway through it. Not the best. (laughs) Not the best. Hey, this week's episode is sponsored by Visit Milwaukee. You can listen to our recent episode on Milwaukee to find out more about it, but they are a place that is very big on festivals. Yes, and unlike New Zealand, it's currently summer there at the moment. So if you're in the United States or in Canada and are thinking about a summer destination, then I think that would be a really good choice. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, let's talk about the best summer festivals around the world. It'll make me feel a little bit warmer and that will help out a lot. So we've chosen one festival from each continent to talk about. So you're getting a mix of Northern Hemisphere and Southern Hemisphere. So you can find summer anytime you want. Now, this is a completely subjective list. This is our list of festivals that we've enjoyed in the past or really want to go to. So it's definitely going to be wrong because any list of the best festivals is going to be a subjective one. And this is our one. Nice. So what are some of the things that we've talked about and thought about when putting this list together? Like, you know, what's our take? Well, for me, I think it's just something where we have a really good time, something where we can get in, where there's a good vibe, there's probably some good food, there's probably some good music, but it's not necessarily a music festival. It's more kind of a background vibe, or you can go to an event that's a music bit and then go and do something else that's not music. So that's the kind of thing that I enjoy. Yeah, I think we've also tried to find things that are unique to to a place or unique to a people. Mm-hmm. So it's not something, it's not the same experience that you're going to have in other places. We've yeah. tried to really get something that that talks to the the culture or the land. God, that sounds pretentious. It does. But, yeah, but that, well done. That, yeah, yeah, <laughs> but, but that's what it is, eh? Yeah, yeah. So let's start in Europe because that's where we're heading today. Oh my goodness, I can't believe we're going there today. It's so exciting. So one of our favourite festivals, and we've been to quite a few in Europe, but one of our favourite is the San Juan Festival in Spain. Well, that whole western seaboard, right? Mm. Portugal will be pretty sad if you don't mention it. But it is really interesting to us because it's, you know, it's a summer festival. It's a place of fire and being on the beach. And those things are really, really good for me. 
It's <laughs> you know I I like. I like the water and I like fire. Yeah. So the the two of them together is pretty awesome. Yeah. So we've mostly celebrated it in Acarunia, which if you've listened to the podcast for a while, you'll know that we've spent quite a lot of time there in the north of Spain. And the whole city kind of celebrates. There's music events. There's kind of street parties. A lot of the bars will bring out barbecues and roast sardines. So you have sardines coming out your ears. They're really nice. Lots of beer, lots of drinking, lots of music, lots of stuff going on. And the main day of the festival is June 24th, which is the day of San Juan, which is the, the big day. And everyone heads down to the beach and everyone lights bonfires. One of the traditions is to jump over the fire. It's kind of, it's a New Year type of celebration. The idea is that you're leaving the old behind and starting the new. So it's a it's a summer solstice party, more or less. But it's just characterized by lots of fire, lots of drinking, lots of eating, lots of music, lots of stuff going on. It's so great. Yeah, and when you wake up the next morning st- Stinking of smoke and a bit hungover most of the time. Uh-huh. The thing to do is to take the bowl of, of water, which you've prepared earlier, soaked herbs in, and wash yourself with this fragrant herbal kind of water to, to cleanse all of that old stuff and start the new one. So a really nice festival to go to, quite unique. Each city has its different take and also has a, a nice rhythm to the mm, year. Yeah, we really enjoyed it. And I'm pretty sad to have just missed it. It was just three days ago because, you know, June 24th. So pretty, pretty recent. But maybe we'll get there again next year. Well, let's head east. And for our Asian festival, we've chosen Nadam, which is, uh, you've maybe heard of it as a Mongolia. And what you'll probably know it as is kind of the Mongolian Olympics. So there are basically three Mongolian games that have competitions throughout, pretty much throughout all of summer, but the main event happens from July 11 to 13. And the three events are wrestling, horse racing, and archery. And it just, it it looks pretty amazing. I mean, all of the costumes are so cool, and it just looks like a really, really big event. Yeah, I like, this is one that we haven't been to, and what I like the look of is the the pageantry of it mm-hmm. and the the low-tech, high-competition feel that it's got. Yeah, and it just looks like something that is completely unique to Mongolia that you couldn't have anywhere else, and it's got this kind of history behind it of, you know, hundreds of years of people practicing these sports. I just think it's awesome. Yeah, we've been lucky to see some televised coverage of it. And the introduction ceremony has Mongolian dancers, as well as the athletes, of course, the horse riders, all of the musicians. And it's, yeah, just something really special, the pageantry of it. And then it gets into the the competitions, which are really fiercely contested. So if you want to go to Nadam, it's held in mid-July every year, around July 11 to 13. The National Dadaab is held in the Mongolian capital, Ulaanbaatar, but there are you know, other events right around the country leading up to it. So if you happen to be in the country in summer, then just look around and see if there's anything going on. Absolutely. Well, where to next? Well, let's move over to North America, and I thought we kind of had to mention Burning Man. Yeah, I think Burning Man is something that's really unique. I haven't read about or seen anything quite like it anywhere in the world. Well, except for that there are lots of knockoffs <laughs> around the world. I was reading about the African Burning Man and there's one in Thailand. So if you can't get to the Burning Man in the United States in Nevada, you can get to a, a copycat version in maybe in Africa, maybe in Asia. And 
you'll get a similar vibe. But of course, it won't be exactly the same. So I guess Burning Man is a little bit difficult to describe. We've published, I don't know, maybe a dozen articles on IndieTravelPodcast.com about it, which have been really popular for people planning to go. But it's still difficult to to describe. Like They pitch it as a gathering of like-minded people in the middle of the Black Rock Desert in Nevada. That does not associate <laughs> with the the images and the stories that come out of it. Can you do a better job? Well, the way I understand, of course, we, we haven't been ourselves. It's one of those things that we'd really like to go to, but you know, we just haven't quite managed yet. But the idea is that you've got this, the, the playa, basically, the desert, and from nothing, a whole town springs up with, with streets, with camps, with art installations, with music, with people, with lots of different things going on, and all sorts of things happen, and at the end, a large man is burnt. A large wooden statue of a man is burnt, hence the name. Right. That's how I understand it, but I, I really think that you won't understand it until you go. I, yeah. I certainly don't understand it. I don't I, think I'll understand it until I go. I don't think that talks to the, the hedonism and the artistry and the free living that, that goes on there. So anyway, wrap your head around it. You can go to ITP for articles and photos about Burning Man. It's one of those things that's on our once-in-a-lifetime list. But while we're talking about North America, I'd like to say thanks again to our sponsor, Visit Milwaukee. They are famous for beer, but they're also known as the city of festivals. Milwaukee is home to the world's largest music festival, which is Summerfest, and it's actually in the Guinness Book of World Records as the world's largest music festival, so that's pretty cool. If you're into music, then you should definitely go. It's for 11 days every summer, and it's got like crazy famous people like Jennifer Lopez, all sorts of crazy people. It's going to be really cool this year. Yeah, Summerfest sounds great. If you're not a music person, then there's heaps of other cultural festivals, including Pride Fest, Irish Fest. And I was surprised to hear that their Irish Fest is actually the largest Celtic celebration in the world. Wow, that's, that's pretty cool. That's pretty crazy. So yeah, visit visitmilwaukee.org for more information about the festivals. And thanks to them for sponsoring today's show. Uh, let's move on, and we are going to head south of the equator now. So we're going to switch it up, and we're looking at you, South America. <laughs> so South America, it was pretty hard to choose because there, there are so many cool festivals going on, but we kind of had to choose Brazil Carnival in Rio de Janeiro. Yeah, Carnival is known for its dancing and the samba competition, but there's actually a lot more to it. It's based on the Western Christian Festival of Lent. So you might uh, remember from days gone by of uh, saying goodbye to meat or giving something up for Lent. That was definitely part of, of my family tradition. And yeah, that's what Carnival means, isn't it? Yeah. Carnival, something like that, it means goodbye meat. And so the idea <laughs> is that, yeah, Carnival is what happens before your long fasting period. And so it's characterized by excess, you know, lots of eating, lots of drinking, lots yeah. of dancing. Yeah, you're burning up everything in the cupboard. A little bit like we've been we've been going through some half open bottles over the last few days. <laughs> so you might have seen pictures of the Rio Carnival. Lots and lots of costumes, lots of feathers, lots of bright colours. So that's because there are a lot of samba parades and competitions around that. And it just oh man, I think it's one of those places. Once again, once-in-a-lifetime experience. Over a million people go to Rio for Carnival, which is in February. Next year, it's from, I think, the 21st of February to the 26th of February. So it's around the end of February, height of summer, remember, Southern Hemisphere. And just, oh, so many people, so much music, so much vibe. I really want to get there. 
Yeah, now dates will change because it's based on Lent and Lent is based on Easter and Easter is based on the phases of the moon, which don't match up so well with the Gregorian calendar. (laughs) So yeah, absolutely. Check out the dates and get yourself there. I think it's just so unique and that really speaks to the, the mix of people and events and the unique culture that Brazil has. Absolutely. I mean, carnival is celebrated all around the world. And I know that in Germany, for example, people get dressed up. My friend Andreas is always sending me pictures of what he wore that year. And everyone goes to work dressed as various things. You know, one year he dressed as a doctor. He's not a doctor. Uh, My friends in Spain dressed as like characters from a children's book. Uh, Once they were pirates. And it's just cool. Everyone gets dressed up. So it's celebrated in different ways all around the world. But I do think that the Rio Carnival is something special. Yeah, there's definitely nothing like it for Lent in New Zealand. Not in my house anyway. (laughs) So thinking of liturgy, of ritual, of all things sacred, let's jump over to Africa. We're in the city of Fez, Morocco. They not only have good hats, they (laughs) they also have the Festival of World Sacred Music each summer. And it's not obligatory to wear the hat. I I guess not. But it is just such a fantastic city. It's already got an otherworldly feel. It's already got this mix of, of grandeur and the ruggedness of life. And, you know, you can go and get lost in the smells and the sights of the sook or just be amazed at the palace and the gardens around it. And then to add in this other layer of of music that talks back to mystic traditions over thousands of years, amazing. Yeah, I really enjoyed our time in Fez. We didn't get to the Festival of World Sacred Music, but I think it just sounds amazing. Such a great idea for celebrating traditions and different histories and cultures of music because so many cultures have a religious tradition. And so many religions have music as part of that tradition, but they're they're also different. So being able to bring that together is just such a really cool idea. So every year, and usually in June, sometimes in May, uh, there's this Festival of World Sacred Music. This year, it was from the 14th to the 22nd of June, so it's just finished. Next year, they don't have a date just yet, but it's quite often two weeks after Ramadan, around that time. Awesome. And I've been looking at some of the the clips and the promo material and things from the previous years, and it just looks amazing. It it like really spreads everywhere from Balinese dancing through to, uh, you know, music from the Italian Renaissance. Uh, Then you've got like Sufism and all of that amazing tradition. The Soweto Gospel Choir comes up from... Soweto, of course, (laughs) there are lots of African influence as well. So I saw some Tunisian oud players and uh, heaps of Moroccan music as well being the hosts. Yes, it's really cool. And the the venues are just amazing. I mean, beautiful locations, including the courtyard of the palace and and gardens and and, and places like that. And um, a lot of the events are charged events, so you have to pay for them, usually around 15 euros. But every night, the uh, Sufi night ends the evening at 11 p.m., which is which is free. So, I mean, it's just just nice. Yeah, I really like this real interplay between all of the different uh, religious traditions and cultures and bringing what's old into today and just being able to interact between those different timelines and different cultures. That really excites me. I'd love to get back to fairs. I'd love to get there for this festival. 
Awesome. Well, that takes us all around the world, with the exception of one more continent, and that's our own our kind continent. of Austra- the- Australasia, the continent that's really a continent and a whole bunch of islands. We, we, we like to call ourselves a continent, right? Yeah, yeah. In our hearts, we're a continent. We're not really a continent. Yeah, we don't even know what our name is. Are we Australasia? Are we Australia? Are we Oceania? New, Zeal- New Zealandia? Oh, yeah, that I read is, that is actually. Is our plate? Yeah. Yeah, there is actually a tiny continent called New... Which I think is, it's called Zealandia, actually. Which is mainly underwater. Yeah. <laughs> we're not very good at being a continent. But anyway, if we were a continent, <laughs> even if we aren't, we do deserve to have some good festivals, right? I guess so. I guess I, I don't know. If you're not a continent, you, you just can't express your culture in an organized <laughs> and ritualistic way. Maybe no. not. <laughs> Right, well, that's us for this week. <laughs> well, come on, what what are you going to pick? I don't know. I, I got it down to two, and one of my one of my favorite festivals is the Auckland Lantern Festival, and it's not like super exciting, but it's just got a really really good vibe. So basically, every year, it used to be in a small park near our university, but it's moved to the domain. And what they do is they fill the area with lots of Chinese lanterns, but really enormous ones, shaped like swans or penguins or flowers or all sorts of things. And it's to celebrate the Chinese New Year. So one of the main lanterns is a lantern in the shape of the New Year. So if it's the year of the dog, there'll be a great big lantern in the shape of a dog. It's just really cool. Okay, cool. I'm going to I'm gonna stick with the New Year theme, but I'm going to move backwards in time by a month or two. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm going to go for... New Year's, you know, Gregorian calendar, Western civilization New Year's, and I'm going to pick it in Sydney. So I think that Sydney's got the most extravagant New Year's celebrations in this part of the world. And while Gisborne is the first city to see the sun on the east coast of New Zealand, it's really up in Sydney on the east coast of Australia where the global party really kicks off. That's right. And they had the most amazing fireworks off the Harbour Bridge. Even if you're not in Sydney for this New Year's at the end of the year, you should go online and watch the fireworks wherever you happen to be. It's a good way to start the New Year's celebration, because since it's right towards the beginning of the New Year's celebrations, you know, because of time zones, a lot of people will be able to watch it when it's still like three o'clock on December 31st. So it's a really good way to kind of start the party. Absolutely. Hey, we better uh, stop this recording and finish packing our bags because we've (laughs) got to get to the airport pretty quickly. Yeah, good. Well, that's us for this week. Until next time, travel well.